Welcome to Slacker Motor Radio with Brad and Addison. Based out of the Pacific Northwest, we're talking motorcycles and the motorcycle community, and we're excited to have this hour with you. Here we go. Brad, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It's a beautiful day outside. It's Monday. It's the end of Monday. We'll be uh, releasing this episode here in a couple of days. I'm looking forward to it. This is great. How about yourself? I'm good. Could be uh, healthier. There's some cold going around our house the last few days, so did stop me from riding in today. I'm not feeling that terrible, but I like more how you tell me usual. now once we're recording and in this small compact studio as opposed I, to beforehand. I told you not to share that spoon earlier. But I wanted to. It was had peanut butter on it. That's true. I know how you are with peanut butter. <laughs> uh, not true. <laughs> Wasn't sure how far to take that one, so we'll leave it be. Uh, anyway, so uh, how was your weekend? It was good. Got a little bit done. Got to play a little bit more with the uh, ultrasonic cleaning. Got some JT1 parts clean. Some of the non-current front-of-the-line project parts that have been sitting around on a bench. Kind of got them all torn apart, cleaned up. A little bit of that on the Instagram, but... Uh, you, did you get that on the Patreon? No. Did we get I the should, other photos on the Patreon that no, we were going to do? Come. Sorry. Yeah, we're doing everyone. horrible. Uh, oh, well. Anyway. So, they look really good. They look nice and cleaned up, ready to go. I mean, what's next on This that? was a good... I mean, last time it was a... One that was just kind of dirty, cleaned up pretty quick. Probably whatever if I just dunked it for, left it for 10 minutes in the, uh, in the solution. But, uh, this one was pretty dirty to the point of I would have scrubbed for a while. And yeah, probably 15, 20 minutes of ultrasonic cleaning and we're good to go. Mm-hmm. So that was nice. It did definitely save a lot of work. And, you know, anything that was more or less a polished finish came out pretty well polished finished. A lot of the brass screws and, you know, the different things on a carburetor, right? A lot of, there's a lot of brass on the carburetors and they came out pretty clean. Yeah, I was uh, I was impressed. Probably, you know, if it, if it were to be a show bike or anything like that, I probably could go through and polish it all. Mm-hmm. But for runnability, it's ready to go. So it was pretty Sweet. cool. And it was uh, it was the one from the parts bike of the two JT ones. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the cooler part of it, is it was parts that I more or less wrote off as terrible. Yeah, put them on there for a fair amount of time with some heat and looked pretty good. Yeah, they looked, looked better than the ones that you were. in. Planning on using? No. No, there was a little more corrosion on these parts, but they looked usably good. Yeah. I'll, I bagged them and put them in a box for a spare. It's, yeah. it's perfectly good to go. I won't hesitate to throw that in the bike. Nice. So, that was nice. Need a gasket for it. One of the gaskets exploded in disassembly, which is pretty normal for those old paper Exploded? Gaskets. Really? Did, were you wearing eye protection? No. Nah, I don't need that. It's just a paper gasket and no. fuel. What, what's that going to do? I don't know, man. I thought about it more than once, though, as I'm <laughs> prying it off of one side in little, in little pieces. Like, one of these is going to shoot me in the eye. I, I did have that exact thought. Yeah. A couple times. I had that. Something else I was playing with. It. I was like, this is, I should be wearing eye protection. I always seem to get hit in the eye with something when I'm working. I don't know. That's usually the reminder that I need to put eye protection on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Time to go get up. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, well. This time, no, no, uh, lo- lo- loss of vision. I don't know why I couldn't say that word. Loss of vision. It's a tough word. Loss. Yellow leather, red leather. Really? 
Well, we're warming up now while we've already started. Okay, good. <laughs> Do you feel better now? No. No, I feel like I'm going to stumble over words all day. But Good. good. I, I think it's part of the show. Yeah. 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 Are you doing fun this weekend <clears throat> with regards to motorcycles? How's that uh, KLR looking? It's, uh, it's looking like it did last week and the last week and the last week before. Yeah. No, I saw, I had to prioritize some of the projects going around the, the house. So finished up the kiddo's room. So that was hmm. a big win. It's been in process for way too long. He's in it. It's all his stuff in the room. He's super stoked. He's excited. He's happy. About is he it. Good? Is he happy with it? Oh yeah, he nice. loves it. Yeah, the door gets to stay open to his room. <laughs> Usually, he's wanting to go in this room that Dad's had like cordoned off with tools in it. He wants to play with tape measures and everything else. And so now it's just toys and his bed and stuff. Whatever he's got in there, it's probably ridiculous. But uh, but. It, it feels good to get finished with a project. So I had to list out all my projects, prioritize them, and that was at the top. So okay. now I get to go back into my list of projects, <laughs> see what's next as far as uh, priorities are concerned, and then move forward. But really just need to make the purchase of the parts that I have right now. So the more I think about it and work through it, it's in really good shape. The parts that I assumed were bad are the ones that need to be replaced and I know I'm at about 300 bucks right now. I'm not going to worry about doing anything performance-wise. I just want to get it in good, runnable condition, and that's all it's going to really need. Put it back together and get new tires on it. That's something that it also needs yeah, really bad. Yeah, it's tires for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that back tire's pretty bald. So <laughs> I need to do that, and then, uh, I don't know, we'll see. Looking forward to getting on there, though. Been so nice outside. I... I very jealous of the motorcycles riding by the place. Yeah, season's back Every in. Nice day. I was reading today uh, about some of the statistics on just number of riders that don't ride. So, yeah, speaking of nice weather and getting out and riding, it was interesting. I was just, I don't know if you saw any of those articles in this last week, but no. a lot of talk about why it's quote-unquote dangerous to ride. And uh, a lot of the conversation is because it's just, we're, we are invisible to people because Drivers aren't used to seeing us. There's not enough riders on the road to make it a normal occurrence. Oh, so that's fair. It's just not something you see on the road. Therefore, when you kind of glance quickly and don't focus on what you're doing, you just don't see it because uh, it couldn't have been about Your brain turns it off. It's never seen it there before. Why would it be there now? I think the real problem is, is we don't have enough motorcycle riders. Because me as a motorcycle rider, even though I'm not riding right now, I spot other motorcycles. Sure. I'm looking out for them. Not because... I'm worried about them being there, but because I get excited about seeing other motorcycles. So if everybody was pumped about motorcycling, we wouldn't have any issues. It's true. Yeah, I think that's the real problem. I agree. And I I think that's the solution, right? One, if there's more riders, then there's more people on the road to be seen. Yeah. And if there's more riders, there's more people aware of the bikes anyway and and looking out for that. And Mm -hmm. I, I agree. If I hear a bike, I immediately need to know where it is. Yeah. Not for safety reasons, but just, what is it? Yeah. What, what's he running? Yeah. Ooh, I like that one. I want that. That's or, usually the conversation. Uh, no, couldn't do it, but yeah. at least he's out, you know. But yeah, that's fair. But th- I thought that was interesting, kind of going into your conversation of people riding by. I just, I've seen a lot more lately because the weather is, we're in the season. Yeah. At least here in the Northwest, it's beautiful yeah. these days. Yeah, Friday wasn't, hot. but today is awesome. Yeah, today's nice. It's going to get a little hot this week, but cool right off to like perfect. Sure. At the end of the week, I think it's going back to mid 70s, which oh, is. Oh, yes. As ideal as you can get, sunny and 70, there's nothing better in this world than sitting on two wheels 
going down the road, any road. At that point, highway, dirt road, back road, I don't care. Yeah. 70 degrees and sunny, you put me on a road on two wheels. I don't care if it's straight as an arrow, twisty, whatever. Yeah. I'm in. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the kind of next week's weather. It's supposed to be in that 70 to 80 range. and uh, whew, It's going to be nice. Yeah, it's going to be a warm ride home for you, though. Yeah, it won't be too bad. Okay. 70, 75. Midweek this week when we hit high 90s, it's going to be hot. Yeah. I might wuss out and take the car just for the sake of... What? It's an 82, and it hasn't been in the heat. And I'm a little worried. How do you, how do you get its feet wet and understand what it can do? On a controlled trying. Saturday traffic day. Not when I have to get home. And if I sit on the curb for an hour, I'm going to hear. Then take Bridge of the Gods. That's fair, actually. Yeah. Yeah, you could do I that on one of those days. And it would be much quicker than going halfway home, realizing I have to stop and wait. Because I'm stuck in traffic on Airport Way. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, there's that nice little uh, paved trail down I've been below on Moraine. Just, to, just take that one. But 90 plus is hitting a different. I mean, even on the Scrambler. Granted, this is water cooled. It would probably do better than the Scrambler did. Sure. But there was a noticeable heat change 90 plus on the Scrambler, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, this bike that's a little more archaic and may or may not be tuned flawlessly yet. It's trip tuned. Is it? Is it? Although I'm not redlining it anyway, so it doesn't really matter. I guess that's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. It's tuned for riding down the road. It's not tuned for hitting it hard. And on a hot day, I don't know that I would want to hit it hard. So you're just going to keep uh, working with this bike, learning it. It's one of those where you're just going to have to always fine tune and adjust. You might get to that perfect sweet spot, and then you know exactly how the bike should run. Yeah, what that's it fair. likes, what it you know, as the seasons go, as the season goes through, what what's the best setting for it. That you're okay with dealing with when it's colder or maybe in extreme heat. Yeah. Well, and really, there's there's only two real things it needs for me to be very, very 100% confident in it, at least in its ability to just go without problems. Maybe, you know, running perfectly or not is a very, yeah, like you said, a sweet spot in there. But to know that there's nothing going to happen to it is really just double-checking the valve clearance and, and uh, resetting the, the cam chain tensioner. And really, from there... I mean, it's pretty bulletproof. Knock on wood, you know, nothing can go wrong. I thought you were going to say that it needed to, needed to turn into an XSR 900 overnight. Now, despite <laughs> being more than happy with this bike, I, I find myself dreaming still. So, we'll see. That, that There's something to that, for not forbidden fruit, but that kind of long-term goal bike. Yeah. That I can just, you know, I can sit back and think, you know, when I when I'm ready, I can get that got a bike that works. I don't need to break the budget. I don't need to do anything stupid. Mm-hmm. But it will probably, until I ride one on a permanent basis, till I own one, mm-hmm. sit in the back of my head as kind of that toy I really want. Well, you have a scooter for sale. Then you can buy it. Yeah. Straight <laughs> trade. I'll, I'll try. I'll, I'll hit up ProCal this weekend for Father's Day sales. See if they'll trade me for my 49cc Kimco. Yes. The, Kimco Agility. Uh, you know, they've been sitting on that... Uh, that XSR for a good two years now. They still that one up in, in Washington. What? 2016, new old stock, still sitting there, man. They wouldn't budge, what, six months ago? Three months ago. It wasn't even that long ago. I can guarantee they still won't. Weird to me. They've got it discounted a little bit, but the same amount that everybody's got discounted for the 2019. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't make any sense, but maybe they paid it off when they bought it for the showroom and they got no reason to dump it quickly. I don't mm, know. Maybe not. They may not be losing any money, but... That seems strange. As a dealership, your goal is to quickly flip product, you know? Yeah. I'm surprised that they're wanting to hang on to it so bad, but someday. 
they'll be willing to work. Someday. Or I'll just buy another one. Just not that worried. It's yeah, you're not wrong. wrong. Sorry, we got off track a little bit, but you're not wrong. I, that still sits in my bikes I want category. Oh, I know. I had to just poke the bear a little bit I on might, that one. So Yamaha this weekend, I guess is both a news disclaimer as well as a conversation starter. Okay. Kind of a demo day this weekend. Okay. And I'm uh, pretty tempted to go up after work Friday. And I'd like to try the 700. Yeah. Because I keep seeing them. I mean, the price range, right? There's a $1,000 difference basically on the two bikes. Yeah. And now that I'm on this 500, right? A sixth speed 500 sounds awesome. I don't know why that wouldn't work. You know, so the, I'd like to try the 700 and see. How, but is it how going? It is it going to be enough? It, it, it's going to be awesome starting off when you first yeah. buy it. But is there going to be that what if? What if? It'll be easy to tell. If or I, I, I put the throttle in second gear and the wheel doesn't come up. I should have. Doesn't come up when you, well, you know, you that might was, get in trouble on the, on the ride. That was the funnest surprise I ever had on that first ride was just trying to catch up with everybody and romping it like I would the scrambler and suddenly I'm on one. It's like, oh, this thing is just a ride. I'm not skilled in this and I can pull it off. This is so much fun. <laughs> Never really done the stunt riding thing, but this makes it look easy and feel easy. Yeah. yeah. You know, just came right up. Whoa. Did it feel balanced when oh, you did yeah. that? Came right up, went right down, didn't feel like it slammed either way. Could you have held the wheelie, though? That's the With, question. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, me right now, probably not. A little bit of practice, sure. Yeah. It wasn't, I mean, it was easy enough for me to feel it come up, and I wasn't, it didn't scare me, right? Yeah. It wasn't this sudden jolt or freakish feeling. It felt balanced and natural, and it was easy mm-hmm. to just let off a little bit and let it settle down nice. And yeah. It's not like I nailed the brakes and slammed it back down on the front tire, so it was... Surprisingly easy and nimble and felt good. It's, it's a good bike. I, I'm still a big proponent of that bike, and I think as middleweight bikes go, it's on the top of my list. I really think you need to strip down that Silverwing. I agree. It's actually today was daydreaming about how soon that might happen. Yeah. You know, it's that, Why it's not? That for a couple weeks here. Save the parts. Do it right. Do it nice and clean, you know, in a nice clean way. Come up with your bracket for your headlight or whatever the case is for it. Strip it down. You can always put it back. Oh, sure. You've got two of them. Yep. Got plenty of parts. I'm not not worried about that. Just do it. I agree. I think that's coming up in the very near future. Have the suspension tuned. Now, that's a whole... I mean, yes. But I will probably tune it myself. Okay. And put a a valve in there to, to make it feel more cartridge. There's upgrades. I think we've talked about this already. Yeah. Upgrades you can you can do that make it feel more modern, um, kind of yeah retro, resto modding the front suspension basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's a lot I can do with it. Do you it's think you money. would do it? I mean, because we've talked about in the past. I mean, if it's something that somebody can do and it's relatively cheap and they are a master at doing it, like upholstery on a seat, why wouldn't you have the suspension tuned? Somewhere? The suspension tuning is the equivalent of baking, right? Bacon. You need a you need to follow the recipe based on your weight and the handling that you want the general you know plus or minus range of handling you want with regards to the stiffness of the springs and and preload and you basically just follow the recipe and you get it right. The question I would have for being able to do it is if it requires specialty tools, it'll just be a cost. Uh, Benefit. I think you're. I, I'm not suggesting that you wouldn't be able to do it. I'm just. 
I'm concerned because when you say baking, it reminds me of doing the self-leveling concrete in my bedroom where I just follow <laughs> a recipe and I pour it out on the floor and I kind of start spreading it around and it'll level itself, right? Yeah. Half an hour later, it hasn't leveled itself whatsoever and I'm still working it. So, so all I'm saying is I'm sure. a little concerned just because of my own experience and this should be easy. I just follow the instructions and I do it. So to rebuild and just set up factory suspension would probably be very advantageous to just drop off at the places that know what to do. But if mm-hmm. I want to add that valve that acts as a cartridge more or less in it, it, a shop that's willing to do that work of actually drilling and setting up the tube mm-hmm. to house that valve is either going to be non-existent or expensive. You don't think that Dennis's shop that he likes to use would Possibly. be able to do that or willing to I could to talk that? to those guys. Yeah. I can't remember the name of them offhand. But. I don't know, but he's made it sound like it's pretty reasonable to have them do that kind of work. But but I don't know if it would be But that's full customizing for years. That's yes. what I mean. Yeah. To have them pull the bearings, replace everything, and set it up with the right spring load, you know, the right preload, the right spring rate, mm-hmm. would probably be... Very reasonable, especially. Right, I'm just talking about taking a 1980s bike into year 2020 almost. What could you do to wake that bike up and completely turn it around into something that is just phenomenally yeah. awesome? So that that's the issue. Is that's either rebuilding the internals with this valve that's full triple tree, you know, headstock and the whole setup where you've got to custom build the entire front end for a modern suspension. Sure. Off a, you know, a CBR 600 or something else. Um, so, you know, to get, to wake it up or make it, to wake it up is just rebuild. Full rebuild, val, you know, of, of seals, bearings, but, and oil. Uh, to 1982 standards. To the top of the line, 1982. Yes. Well, plus a couple, plus better springs, right? Progressive springs. Potentially. Put something in that's a more modern spring. Right. That's okay. not a, a, single spring rate but a progressive spring mm-hmm. and you gain some of that advantage and that's just pull it all out replace it drop it all in correct oil level done run away mm-hmm. right you're good um, but to really bring it to 2000s is either adding a valve replacing the whole setup it's a much more it's a much deeper dive sure that's understandable so I mean and there's something to be said if I'm you know want to go that route of a full deep dive Rebuild with mm-hmm. regards to a custom suspension setup or custom mounting setup from a suspension of a different bike, mm-hmm. then there's probably benefit to just rebuilding it to top of the line 1982 with slight upgrades. Now, because when I'm done and I've got two perfectly good front forks, mm-hmm. resale value, rebuilt setup ready to rock front forks is pretty good. Yeah. I'll get some of that money back. Now, if I'm going to go the route of valve, adding that valve in there, then having it rebuilt to 1982 specs with better springs to then in three years tear all that out to drill it out and put the valve in would mm-hmm. be a waste of doing it now. Sure. So I've got to decide how far I want to go. And the more I look at it, the custom valve is the right move, I think. A lot of these triple tree conversions change your change your uh, your angles. They change the ride a little bit. They, they change it up enough that you start playing with numbers that could be potentially dangerous. Right. And without machining my own, which I probably am not going to get into on this bike, I would buy a kit. It would be concerning whether it was done right. Or so this, it was you're suggesting that, is it quite a bit different than the CX-500? 
The triple trees, what do you mean? Uh, well, I'm assuming the CX500 has triple tree conversions that you can buy some stuff for that, or is that incorrect? Just saying that that is a more popular bike yes. platform as opposed to the GL500. I know that there's differences so th- it is in the frame. Yes. Is the angle and other things actually yes. also different? It is different. Okay. So it's not necessarily a one-to-one. A lot of times, the so the headstock is actually longer. So you have to have the tool that actually pulls the pressed-in head bolt that runs through the fork. Okay. Not through the fork, but through the, the frame tube. Oh, sure, sure. You've got to pull that. You've got to do all... Of, it's not just the, the point of getting a triple tree with that tube. The pre-bought ones are not tall enough. So what you have to end up buying is a lower clamp, triple clamp and an upper triple clamp. And you have to pull your headstock, custom machine it so that it fits into this new lower. It's it's a job. Sure. From what I've read, to do it right. A lot of guys will shim and play and shorten the nut and not put the lock nut in and use different techniques to make it quote-unquote work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's probably fine if you're riding it hardly ever or if it's just a showpiece and you're just going to drop it off on a stand and never ride it. Yeah, that's not what you're going to do. Though. But I, I, yeah, I'm very much a fan of showing things that are rideable, and that not just rideable, but rideable well, right? That feel mm-hmm. good, ride well, do what, do what they were supposed to do, but better, right? I'm not going to do a custom. If I just wanted a bike that rides like an 82 GL82 or GL500, mm-hmm. I'll just do a little bit of work to fully rebuild the GL500. I'm just looking forward to whatever you're going to do to this bike. And I think bringing it into the, the 21st century would be awesome to bring it into the rideability and controllability and, and comforts debatable. That's always dependent on the rider itself. But what can you turn this bike into to make, that makes it really exciting and sellable to this market? Sure. At least something to kind of brand what I'm doing. Sure. So, uh, yeah. And that was the intent of buying this bike. Yep. I mean, really? And now you want to ride it this year, and now we're getting into into modifications for it as well as changes, but... uh Uh-oh. Squeaky chair. Squeaky, squeaky. I'm seeing weird faces, and I'm concerned. Why are you concerned? I'm concerned. Oh, we're good. This chair's squeaky. I thought you saw something was going on with the episode. It hurts my ears. It was the end, and we'd never be able to record again. That's it. Let's turn off the lights forever. Yeah, so reference the old podcast regarding whether you show or sell. Yes. We did talk about a little bit of this historically, about uh, what a show should have in it. Sure, sure, yes. We're not show and sell, but... Show whether a or, show should be a rideable bike. Yes, yes, that's what I was getting at. Sorry. Whether it's okay to show done or show, here's what it could look like, and the engine might work if someone else did it. Yes. Yeah. What episode was that? I don't remember. Eight, nine, eight. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I'm just six, throwing out numbers. Six to nine range. Okay. Yeah. Should be good. It was after the one show, episode three. Anyway, <laughs> it was after Deep episode dive. one. Deep dive. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But we, uh, I think there's a lot of, lot of benefit to that. We'll see. Right now, I think the JT1's next on my list. Mm-hmm. It's been cleaned up after I just did the carbs. I'm kind of reinvigorated a little bit. Yeah. Did you get that scooter out? I've uh, just had another hit on it today, so. Did you? Yep. I think it won't be long. I think people that want a 49cc scooter aren't really the kind that are coming to your house often or driving much. Yeah. So, <laughs> this connection to actually get together and, 
and make a deal seems to be harder than I thought it would be. Yeah. As everyone's like, I can't really get there, or I have to arrange friends, which is all cool. Yeah. Whatever, and I'm more than willing to drive and meet people as long as it's not out of my way. I'll, I'll go, you know, a few miles here and there, but I'm not going to drive 30 miles the wrong direction to meet someone for a sub-thousand dollar bike. Sorry. <laughs> well, I think that even though the MSRP on it new was pretty low, it's like 14, 1500 bucks, whatever it was, yeah, it might 14, have been even less like than that. But the fact that, sure, it's old or older, it's not really that old, but it's it can't drop too low in price. There's a certain desirability because you don't have to license it. You don't yep. have to go through any of that. You just get on and you go. And you've gone through to the point where it's dependable. I, it starts I was, up, starter. I was surprised I got that up. starter to work, man. That I was know. the greatest. I, I'm pissed off I didn't do all that work before. <laughs> it's so nice to go out, out front and just hit a button and, oh, yeah, it runs. This is so much easier than kicking. Yes. Especially cold start, right? Cold start, you don't engage the same cold start system. Unless the starter, you know, unless the battery is doing all the work. And so you just kick it till it warms up. <laughs> I did notice that there was a Schwinn uh, 50cc for about 300 bucks recently. That's the lowest priced one that I've seen on there for quite a while. Yeah, and I think that just a couple couple minutes cleaning up the plastics on yours would would completely change the perspective. I might just stick the kids on it for fun. Yeah. Give them a magic lesson. eraser. It won't get worse. <laughs> I'm telling you, get a magic eraser at the dollar store. It's a fun trick, yeah. Inside tip here, Brad keeps talking about these magic erasers for cleaning plastic. Yes. Yeah, that oxidation instead of trying to do other things. As an experiment for the podcast, I'm going to try it. Do it. You You don't. I do. Go down to the dollar store. a better story if I say I don't. Yeah, don't believe me. (laughs) Don't believe me. That's worth a shot. Can you get those at the dollar store, really? Yeah. I thought those were expensive. No. Yeah, well, then this whole argument. You can buy Mr. Clean ones for $2. You can go to the dollar store and get a double pack for a buck. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll try that out. Yeah. What am I going to lose? A dollar? Maybe. Mm, I'll never get that Pride. Double pack. Pride? Yes. I lost that years ago. <laughs> when I bought an 82 GL500 as a grown man in 2019, I lost that. No, you gained a little bit back, I think. I actually, I'm, I've come to love that stupid bike. It's awesome. It's a cool bike. I was just out there it's looking cool at what it. I yeah. it was when I bought it, which was fun because I thought I could bought a great deal. And mm-hmm. The more I ride it, the more fun I'm having. So it's a win. Anyway, I did bring some information. I lately <sighs> have grown up. You've as, grown up as a motorcycle Whoa. enthusiast. Oh, okay. This year, I don't know what bug hit me this year, but I am following motorcycle racing like never before. Okay. I know you're not one because you don't have very much TV at home. Yes, my over-the-air broadcast. And two, because... No internet. Yeah, I guess you don't have internet either, but two, because <laughs> it's just not something you've followed. I used to follow motocross a lot as a kid. Sure. Um, my middle child, you know, Lane 6, he's super into monster trucks, and yes. he's got a little 50cc. In fact, it's Father's Day weekend. Happy Father's Day to anyone that's listening. Yeah, happy Father's Day. Um... We're going to go out and get him used to that 50cc. Yes, you've been planning on this. I'm looking forward to hearing you talk about this on next Monday's episode. Yeah, I'm going to try to uh, outlaw it a little bit at the local park. Because yeah. I think a grassy field is the right way to start, not the training course up at the local riding area. Why not? Training course is pretty tight. It's it's good for him to learn to steer and do miniature obstacles and really learn how to ride off-road. Yeah, it's and too it, bad that we couldn't come here. 
But yeah, that's fair. There's plenty of grass here. This used to be the I know, best get, place for it. I'd hear it forever on that one. But uh, there's a little field just close to our house that I know is... I don't know for sure. I've seen dudes on it on bikes and never mm-hmm. get in trouble. In the winter, there was a couple dudes riding around in the snow out there. I, I live in an area with enough motorcycles that I'm not convinced it's a no-no. But I'm also not convinced it's not. I know, but you're doing it with the kids. So I think that's where we'll start. I'm not going to bring my bike out. I'm Big just gonna, for forgiveness. We're going to push it all out. We're going to push it out to the field from our house. It's okay. like a half mile. We'll just... It weighs nothing. Yeah. Sorry, we'll push I, it. I just gave him a surprise. Yeah, like Brad, Brad looked shocked. We'll push it to the field, and then we'll get him on it. And I think that's the best place. Going down on the grass is much nicer than the gravel. So he's got gear and all that. But we'll do that. Um, but he's been, because he's been so excited to get going on that, he's been watching a lot of motocross and supercross okay. and arena okay. cross. And I know, sorry, I was getting you off track. All these sports, and, you know, Isle of Man was just last, well, I think it was, yeah, last week. Is that right? Yeah, last week. And, uh, <laughs> well, I watched it last week, but I'm trying to remember how, how far back was that recorded, but it was just a day late, all of the, all of the, uh, airing of it in the U.S., that's fair. And, uh, you know, I was kind of getting into that a lot. We have, uh, you know, we've got Sling TV, and fortunately it has Motor Trend as one of the available channels, which is who was airing the Isle of Man reporting. Okay, cool. Which was a huge win, because otherwise I don't, I mean, I watch things here and there, but I don't really You wouldn't have Sling TV anything. if this wasn't going to work for you. Oh, it's great. Yeah. And the more, yeah, I was just going to keep it for the NBA playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I found a lot of really good motorcycle racing, and my wife wants it for other shows. So turns out we're just going to keep paying because I found it very worth it. Yeah. Because the kids and I are loving watching this racing. And we've been watching, you know, MotoGP, and we've been watching some IndyCar, some other events that I usually mm-hmm. wouldn't be so into, a lot of uh, Red Bull tournaments. But Isle of Man was just this last week. And I don't okay. know what you know about Isle of Man. I've seen, have, I've, I've seen, I've watched a little bit of it. It is pretty awesome. It's, it's an amazing course. Yeah. And I have, you know, from the rafters basically been watching it for years. Mm-hmm. Right. I'll see clips on YouTube. Yeah. I'd say that's probably where I'm Little at. bits and pieces. I had a basic understanding of it. But this year, man, I got the bug. Okay. And I did not miss a day's reporting. I saw the highlights of every single race of every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't know, though, this is new to me, and I'm sure I've seen pieces of it, but there is a classic Isle of Man TT that runs as well in August. It looks like the 17th through 26th. Okay. They run classic bikes, vintage bikes. Oh. It's not the, like, new... This is like That's race, probably the last one that I've seen. Race teams that build and it's bring small awesome little sections classics. On yeah. You know, old... Yeah. Old bikes that are tuned and ready to go on this awesome street course. But I guess going back, what, what do you know about the Isle of Man, Brad? Not a whole lot. I've just seen little bits and pieces. And I, like I said, the last bits and pieces and clips that I've seen were, I think, the classic from probably okay. last year's, if it was in August as well, but last year's showing. So, so I'm pretty far behind. I just know that there is such a thing. Okay, yeah. And it, when I've seen the... The clips, it looks flipping awesome. It's pretty crazy. I mean, the, the course is a street course. It's a road course. Yeah. Normal use highways, or not highways, but little two-lane roads, basically. Yeah. Run up through the cities, through the towns on the Isle of Man. That's the, the island it's on. Okay. Uh, and run up through the mountains. I'm sure everybody listening already knows all this, so I apologize if this is boring. But uh, a little bit of the background for anyone that doesn't. And it runs up. It goes 
37.73 miles is each lap. Okay. So it kind of runs through the city, goes through a couple different little towns, up over the mountains, which is kind of the fast mountain section, back down and around. Um, it has 264 turns. These are all things I looked up today. Okay. Before the show. Before the show. Um, but the, the lap record for a 37, almost 38 mile lap. Can I guess? Yes. Ooh, this is more fun. Oh, oh, let's see. I am going to say. So 38 miles. Okay. What's the record around a very curvy 38 miles? Okay. okay. And this is on any bike, right? So there are records per class, and we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. But for the record for the best of any of those classes, what do you think? I don't know. I'm going to say five and a half minutes. That's optimistic. I fast. I don't know. I'm t- Okay, no. so 12 minutes. That's closer. 16 minutes, 42 seconds. Plus a few milliseconds. But. I'm sorry. And I'm sure that's important for the rankings, because I'm sure it's been within milliseconds of breaking the record. Sure. But for all intents and purposes, 1642 okay. is the lap record. What's the what's the average speed the of that? Average speed, that's a good question. I don't know offhand. But I know that the record speed on the Isle of Man during any section is 135.452. Mm-hmm. Oh, Okay. Which tells you it's pretty, uh, pretty curvy. Yeah. Cause that's not that fast. These bikes will do well in excess of that. I, uh, I can see that. I was trying to assume that it was a super fast, but you did say it was really Is curvy. Is it the average speed? Now I'm questioning myself. Brad, hurry. Look it up. We need average to know. speed? I'm not. Average speed on the Isle of Man. You have your phone out. I'm calling you out publicly. I can't do it. Don't quit, put it on quit me. Quit texting people. Talk about something. I, let me think. Quit texting people. And look it up, Bradley. Look it up. Sorry. Too much? Maybe. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I may have stolen that from from another thing I've heard. And it's a common song. Um, Nonetheless, this was an awesome year. I enjoyed watching it. It was pretty wet for the practice weeks. These dudes did not get hardly any time on the track for practice. Uh, Dudes and ladies, let me clarify, I guess. Um, but did a great job run this race. There were some times that were pretty darn fast. There was some laps that were amazing, but I, I just love the course because it's so varied. When they go through the towns, it's these tight technical turns. There's a section over the bridge that they all get air on, and there's nothing scarier than booking it down a course, mm-hmm. right, and catching air on a street, you know, on a super sport bike. Did you look it up? 135 miles per hour. Top speed. Or average speed. That's average speed. That's the average. For so, a 16 minute, 42 second. So, yeah, we're talking the same exact thing. We just yes. said this. Brad, you're repeating me. That's the average speed. I'm ta- well, it depends on which one I you're got, talking about. 135 data. miles per hour, in essence. What's the top speed? I'm, I just looked at average speed. All right. So, 135.42, that, that seemed low. Because I had heard, I had heard some crazy speeds coming out of the electric bikes. There's an electric class, super cool. So there's a couple classes. You end up with a number of, of bike classes. You got the super bikes. Uh, they're running obviously just that super bikes. They're running professional race bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got your sidecar classes, which was pretty cool to watch. Okay. Okay. Um, really interesting. There was a group. I want. I'm sure it'll be here. Yeah, they got. Fifth place, but there was a, a group with a 675 Triumph 
Daytona with a sidecar. Okay. That was pretty cool. Yeah. You don't often see Triumphs with sidecars unless it's, you know, an old Bonneville mm-hmm. and an old guy riding it. You don't see a lot of that. So that, I thought that was an interesting, a race bike Triumph with a sidecar. Otherwise, you know, Hondas, Yamahas, your usual. Um, you know, there's a Super Sport class for Monster Super Sport, which is, of course, sponsored by Monster, so it's their own class. Oh. Uh, basically the same bikes, just different chance to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the Super Stock class, which was really fun to watch. It's basically your stock Okay, large, large, oh. uh, large caliber, large bore bikes. You're, mm-hmm. Right, you're running your BMW 1000s, your yeah, all of your leader bikes and and those bikes. But it's basically a stock bike with an exhaust. You know, it, it doesn't have much on it mm-hmm. beyond what you can go to your local dealer and buy. So it's fun to watch those because you're just watching them ring out these bikes that you know you could go buy and do a track day mm-hmm. and keep up with you know the likes of Peter Hickman or Michael Dunlop. Okay. Probably not. But. Oh. 200, 206 miles per hour. Theoretically, your money can buy almost the same bike. 206 is the top speed. Yes, leader bike. That makes a lot more sense. Thank you. Because they were talking about one of the electric bikes picked up 170-something miles per hour. Okay. Which is pretty freaking impressive. Yeah. yeah. Getting into that, there's the, you know, there's the lightweight class, and then there is the TT0 class, which is your electric bike class. Which was kind of fun to watch, too, because you end up with a whole bunch of... Basically prototype bikes. It's not, uh, you know, it's not really anything crazy, and it's not a bunch of known bikes. I mean, University of Bath has their own bike. Okay. That's the machine. That's the entrance. They made their own bike and showed up with it. Had one of the guys ride a bike that they've created, a sport bike, by them. Mm-hmm. Granted, it, you know, the, t- the winning time for that race... Uh, it was clearly the better bikes won, mm-hmm. a little less consistent Okay, in performance. I mean, if you look at it, Mugen took first and second, and then a couple independent runs, and then Duffy took last. Sure. Uh, you know, it wasn't like it was a, a fair game with regards to the ability of these bikes. But first was at 18 minutes, you know, University of Bath was at 23 minutes. So there's definitely a gap within those. But it's cool to see. I mean, we've talked about electric bikes a couple times. Mm-hmm. And to see the, uh, you know, this up and coming race courses. It's going to be interesting what happens. And I know that's an entire topic of its own, but do we foresee this being at risk for electric bikes to come in and really take this over? I mean, 16 minutes on an electric bike. Is that doable? Is it, can it, can it complete the course? And we got 18 this. Now, the lap numbers make it a little more variable. Electric okay. bikes didn't run nearly as many laps right. as the other classes. Um, there were still pit stops in the other classes, but a pit stop on an electric bike is either you know, pull the battery, swap it, or uh, I guess you'd have to do it that route. You're not going to mm-hmm. charge it that quickly. Um, yeah. Just depends on how heavy of a bike you want, what you're looking for. So you're going to change the, the weight dynamics of the bike depending on the capacity of the battery that you're trying to put in there and run with, right? Sure. And then all of the other system has to be tuned for it as well. I think it's going to be interesting over time. I think in another five years, this is going to be an interesting conversation. I think it's already an interesting conversation. I think it's going to get even more interesting as to where I think you're right. they're the ones pushing the envelope as far as what a performance machine is. And for this bike, it's a relatively uh, short duration race, 16 minutes. Sure. 
I mean, it depends on the class and the, the number of laps they're doing, mm-hmm. right? It's not quite as simple as just 16 minutes and you're done. Um, I believe the electric class, I, I probably look it up here if you give me a second, but the, the lap volume is much less. The, uh, I know everybody's going to love the, all the noise here coming out of this, but, uh. Well, I think that's where it is today. That's what I'm saying. Give it five to 10 years and the lap volume is going to be the same and they're going to be the same. They're going to be the same race, except now you've got an internal combustion engine race, and then you've got an electric green machine race, right? I think that those two are going to start looking. I mean, what are we going to start following? What's going to be the more exciting one? Internal combustion engines, are they going to continue to be... um, Are we going to continue seeing advancements in, in internal combustion engines, or in the battery world and efficiency and electric powertrain and gearing for that. I think it's going to become very interesting. That's fair. Just saying. Yeah, I think this year they went two laps. Historically, the the electric bikes run one lap. Supersport run five laps. Mm-hmm. So two to five now is the, the kind of that gap between them. And I, I agree. I think as capacity gets, gets better and density for power... Rows, I think you'll see them getting closer to the same. Yeah, it's a it's a big big change. I mean, would you say how many laps are they doing right now for the internal combustion engine? Five, right. So that's still. I mean, they have to double their their range, over double, two over and a half double. times or whatever. Well, and even now, it's it's you know a, a fill up in between. Those super sports at full throttle are running you know only three laps before they got to pit. Okay, because I mean well, that's ninety miles, right? That's yeah. Not insignificant on a 37. Right? No, and you're pushing it, and you've got a lot of uh, wind resistance and other things that you're trying to deal with that you don't normally well, see a lot on more a commuter hills. motorcycle. Yeah, yep. hills. I mean, this they're going up over the mountains. The, the elevation change on this is, compared to normal race, very significant. Still, I foresee that there's going to be some significant changes in battery and battery technology that's maybe even available now, but isn't... Uh, commonly used and available to the public and hasn't been vetted yet. So uh, I think it's going to be really cool, really interesting. It was, I know there's differing opinions. In the lunchroom today, we got into a debate, and and you guys, uh, many of you that listen know Dennis, but we got into a debate today about how cool it was to listen to the electric bikes go around the course. Oh. And I... I personally love the roar of the combustion engines as they rip around yeah. past the camera. Yeah. Or go around a corner and you uh-huh. hear them throttle on. Yeah. And it was more like a space age turbine, right? The electric bikes are moving at such a pace. I mean, the average speed on the winter was 120 miles per hour. They're mm-hmm. moving. They're not just, you know, scooting. And, uh, you know, and it just kind of buzzed by, right? Just, it was very, I don't know if that'll come off in recording, but <laughs> very anticlimactic compared to what I was used to listening to for every other class running. It's just different. I, I can't disagree with the fact that I love the sound of a finely tuned internal combustion engine exhaust. And the exhaust note, it just uh, screams performance and power as opposed to gear wine or uh, motor wine that it's completely different i agree I, but i i don't know i think that it's two different worlds 
because it's a different riding experience. Just talking about an electric car versus an internal combustion engine car. I love muscle cars and I love the sound of those. And then I drive an electric car and I get a little bit of that, that, uh, uh, gear whine and whir, if you will, in my car as I'm driving it that I kind of come to appreciate that it's silent, but I still have, I can hear the performance. I can hear it winding up. Still getting that feedback. I'm getting some feedback. It's just different and it's a lot quieter. I don't know. That's fair. It's an interesting debate. I mean, to that point, even watching the races in the different classes, that you know, there's a lot of different manufacturers out mm-hmm. there: right? BMW, Honda, Yamaha, all the all the manufacturers. Triumph, and that that Triumph triple man, that six seventy five ripping through the course. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just super interesting that you can very audibly. I mean, everyone talks about the sound of the Triumph triple. Yeah, and on the streets, you can kind of tell, but mm-hmm. when you hear a you know an inline four go ripping by on camera. At sure. 150 miles per hour, and then immediately following is that 675 triple going down at the same speed. It's it's an incredible sounding engine, mm-hmm. and it, that's one thing. I you know all of the electric bikes basically sound the same. Sure, which was interesting. I mean, it's just it's the character that the internal combustion gives each of those bikes. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Yamaha had a slight difference, and when you listen to all these going down the course, because they do a time trial style. I don't know if you do that in the Isle of Man, but it's not really a everybody go. There's no sure. starting grid. Yeah, yeah. I they give them that. a gap between, and so they're kind of zipping by every few seconds, right? A different bike is going by the same camera. Yeah. And you can tell those nuances and that character that each bike has or the exhaust tune that each bike has. You know, some of them are using different exhausts. A lot of them are using Aero, but there's other exhaust manufacturers mm-hmm. on these bikes. And, and it's interesting to, you know, to be able to, without even looking, know which bike just whipped by the camera. Right. Okay. I like that yeah. about the vehicles that you can tune an internal combustion engine to be yours. And truth yeah. be told, I know getting out of racing and just into electric bike conversation, you know, Harley's trying to do that. They're right. I was going to gonna bring that tune up. their bike waiting, to yeah. be theirs. Yeah. And I'm not necessarily opposed to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, this really solidified it for me. When I was listening to electric bikes. I'm like, I don't know. There's seven of them, right? They're all doing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> which, which camera, unless I'm looking at where we're at and unless the, you know, the screen tells me, Who's in what position? I can't tell who's ripping by the camera at what time. I know that you know on this in the Isle of Man, they're more or less prototype bikes. Sure, you know, like they're running classes of, of production, right? Triumph and and BMW, similar to the, uh, what they're doing in in uh, the other classes. But hey, there's something about that character that each bike's exhaust note, whether that's factory mm-hmm. or whether that's an exhaust pipe you put on in tune. Sure. That you can't really get out of the electric bikes. I think that we're going to find different nuances that get people excited. And I may not know what those are right now, but I think that they'll start emerging as the market is more receptive to their utilization and common use. We'll see. We'll see. It's fair. I... I, I, you can, you'll never be able to replace the sound of an internal combustion engine, motorcycle, car, airplane. It doesn't matter. There's a certain excitement and thrill to that sound and being able to hear it from a mile away or a quarter of a mile away, whatever it is, depending on where you're at. So I don't know. It's just going to be different. And I, 
I haven't had the opportunity to ride any of these electric bikes. No, yet. I haven't either. It's on my short list. Uh, well, next time Zero's doing a ride, I know we're both excited to go get on them. Yeah. Um, or anyone, really. If we can get the Energica bike up the street here to be able be available for a ride, I can't imagine a better uh, lunch break than that. But uh, I wager, without any real firsthand knowledge, that the electric bike nuance and experience is more of a rider's experience, whereas the spectator sport portion of motorcycle or of, of motorsports in general... Mm-hmm. Some of that is the visceral, noisy, loud sure. engine game. I mean, you go to your local races at the flat track, your local races at the dirt track for car racing. Mm-hmm. You don't want a bunch of, you know, Priuses running around no matter how fast they're going. You want to hear them rip past you as they go down the straight in front of yeah, the Yeah, but stands. the Priuses... So, okay, so I understand where you're trying to go with that, but at the same right, the Priuses aren't the cars that you that are out there that have the performance or the characteristics needed for those kind of races. How many people are uh, detoured away from those kind of spectator sports because of how loud it is and they don't want to bring their kids. They have to manage that. They have to manage. I don't know. You can say what all you want, but how many people aren't getting into it because they can't get into that sound, but they love cars. They love all of this, but it's just too much. It's too much. Oh, I can't bring, let's say my, my girlfriend or my fiance or my wife, whatever it may be, because she can't handle that. She doesn't want to hear that. It's just annoying to have that. I, I'm not saying this is my perspective, but how much of it is their perspective and trying to get them in there? If it was quieter, if just, just out of curiosity, if it was quieter, how many more people would show up? It wouldn't be the same experience for you or me. I, That's the experience I want. I want to hear that. I want to feel that, right? If I'm going to go to a drag race, I want to feel those cars taken off down the line, right? That's exciting to me. But how many more people could we get if that wasn't in the picture? And I'm just, it's just a, just a question. It's just a question. It's not a, that's what I want statement. Why are you getting so defensive? Because I can see you over here making faces, <laughs> shaking your head, I, crossing your arms, turning beet red. I what do you think? Do you, I mean, I, you really think that that's just, Absolute nonsense? I understand the the kids game. That makes sense to me. Okay. I, I, you know, I bring earmuffs and the kids love it and we go to races all the time. Yeah. And it's fun. And maybe that's why I'm watching so much this year is because last year we did a lot of the local local events. Um, and that's when I got the kids into it. But my wife isn't super into it. Why? And it's not because of the noise. She couldn't care less. Okay, okay, but it's one thing you and her doing something that she wants or that you want, but and it maybe isn't what you want to do with her or what she wants the to noise, do with you. Less noise would make it no better. Would make it no she better. Would be just as bored. I know, but is it more of a deterrent? No, I, I think I think that I don't there's think it is. I think I think there's something to be said about. I this. know she's going to listen to this and tell me what who's right. So I'll. You're probably I, I right. It's not going to be me, and I hope it's not me. But I'm just saying that is that really the case? I don't think she's worried about the noise. It's okay. not all that loud, truth be told, for a lot of the ones we'll go to. Now, maybe Monster Jam would be a different story, because it gets pretty loud in the arenas. Yeah. Yeah. But. Uh, it's a nuisance. You have to put on hearing protection. If you. But those are contained events. If you're not used events. to those things. Our race is, is not it, a contained event. It's, it's one thing air. to sit there and be able to watch, and it's a whole other thing if you've got to worry about all these other things while you're watching. If you're not a car enthusiast and not a motor enthusiast. I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying. 
I think more so than the noise reduction is the excitement of new technology brings people into it. I don't think it has as much to do with the noise reduction. I really I know, don't but think it's the numbers of people driving coming. that noise down as well, though. So sure. it is new technology that makes it now but an anybody spectator. If electric sport. motors were the loudest thing on the world, if they sounded like a jet turbine, they wouldn't be where they are today. I think they would. No, they wouldn't. Oh, they would. No, they wouldn't. The incentive of having an electric vehicle is silence. That is one of the biggest things. Sure, but not in the electric motorsports. I don't think that changes it. If if they were crazy loud or piped through the PA system as they went through to be louder, I don't think that would deter anyone. I think it would still be this cool new technology is running now, race What race. What is sound in any mechanical system? It is a loss of energy. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm telling you. It is. If it's making large amounts of noise or you're having to create a soundtrack, these are all additional costs or waste. Your efficiency is going to go down. Sure. You want it to be silent. You want it to be quiet. You want it to be efficient. Just saying. Efficiency and noise don't necessarily correlate. Do they not? I don't think they do. Oh, somebody needs to send us a letter. If you're sitting silent, you're burning almost no calories. If you're running around and making noise, you're burning more calories. How does this relate? Burning, using energy, efficiency. Okay. Somebody needs to send us a letter and correct me. Apparently, I'm the, I'm the one that's wrong. Now, I think in gear-based systems, you're right. The quieter the gears, the better the mesh the better the efficiency. But there's a lot more going on in these mechanical systems. The bigger the boom, the more the horsepower. I don't know if that's always true. It's not always true, but it's also not always false. It's understandable. We just need to see. This could be an ongoing debate. This may end Slacker Motor Radio as we know it. This could be the end of everything. (laughs) Will they return for another week? Return next week to find out. <laughs> what that felt like. Cliffhanger. Man, we're getting good at this. I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, at least we can make fun of ourselves. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. I, we'll, I know there's enough opinions around us and people we know in the industry, people we know that follow the industry. We'll have to get some more weigh-in on this. In the end, we'll put it to a vote. I'm just excited to hear that you're into something new with motorcycles, but I'm disappointed that you've waited until now to tell me anything about it. Well, it was just last week. You've been watching these shows for weeks. I started last week. I recommend watching. Come August, everybody needs to watch. I don't know how well that'll be aired. What channel over the air is it going to be broadcasted? Yeah, none. You just said said air. I just want you to know that. Yeah, air. Air. It's going to be aired over the air. Via my Wi-Fi through the air. To my my television. Okay. I I can't, I can't watch it. I'm, I'm not privileged enough for that. Nonetheless, if anyone has opinions on electric bikes, good, bad, or indifferent, let us know. Reach us at slackermotoradio.com. There's a uh, link there to contact us. Brad's really upset because he knows I'm going to win this debate. I know. I'm an idiot. <laughs> but uh, 
Let us know what you think, what your opinions are. Feel free. We've got our YouTube channel. It doesn't have hardly anything on it. Um, of course, there's Polarian. Nope. Patreon. Polarian is a very different software system. <laughs> That's How do you get to Patreon? That's really what I want so to know. So we have had a couple questions about Patreon. Um, and we spent a couple minutes here. But, but Patreon is basically a community sponsorship-based means to help get support from those that listen if you want to hear more if you want us to work harder obviously a little bit of sponsorship a little bit of support is the way that we can spend a little extra time and money to help our production value and to help this grow mm-hmm. and become kind of what we really would love it to be um you know it's kind of obviously we don't make anything on this and so being able to to grow and build on it isn't uh isn't free um but you can reach, you can go to just patreon.com. And if you just search Slacker Moto, S L A K R M O T O. How do you spell Patreon? Patreon, uh, good question. P A T R E O N. Okay. Dot com. Um, it's becoming, I don't know if it's more and more popular anymore. It's kind of probably stabilized a little bit. Sure. But it's been a nice way for independent, you know, podcasts, YouTube channels, these different kind of art based versions of other industries uh, to, to kind of gain that support from the community that, that listens and that watches and that supports them. Um, so yeah, you can go there. You can see our page. We've got a limited amount of, of uh, hidden content for now. Obviously, it's a dollar to support and see all that hidden content. And the tiers kind of go from there. You can kind of look over the page and see how it works. I'm not going to sit and mansplain everything to everyone. But, uh, oh, I was learning. But to kind of get there, that, that's a good point. We've had a few people just question what, you know, what are we talking about when we mention Patreon? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's just a website, <laughs> patreon.com, and you can, you can search, uh, generally has a little search bar up at the top there and just search Slacker Moto. Should pop up right away. Um, you might even find some other people that are doing cool podcasts and cool things within the motorcycle community and other communities that, uh, that you're interested in. So, yeah. It's kind of a cool way to do that. It basically becomes a, a custom, personalized, uh, you know, social media page for our, for our, our purposes, right? For supporting mm-hmm. the motorcycle community and, and trying to build on how we can help it grow. Um, similarly, you know, obviously every time you listen, like, and uh, and shoot us a review helps us out a lot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, share this with anybody that likes motorcycles or you think might want to listen to motorcycles. Um, yeah, we really need to throw in the reviews. We don't, they don't show up until we get a certain amount. Of ratings and reviews on whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or whatever you're using for your different uh, podcast listening preferences, but uh, any of that just kind of helps make sure that other people can actually see because we know that we're getting a lot of listeners and uh, would love to be able to have our honest feedback on there from from those listeners that show up so other people can see it. Helps us grow. Yeah, because until that happens. We think we're rock stars, and we party like it, apparently. Yeah, along those lines, feel free to shoot us emails. Any any criticism, anything you think we can do better, we're, we're very open to any input. We, we love that we've had so many people listen. Appreciate all the support. I imagine by the time this is even released, we'll be at 500 li- uh, downloads. Woo-woo! Which, for just starting, we're, we're, we're proud of. We're really excited about that. Yeah. So thank you I to am. everyone. Yeah. I, I think that's really cool. Uh, we kind of did this as a way for us to vent our motorcycle love, mm-hmm. and we're glad that somebody enjoys it, too. I mean, yeah. we know that there's a lot of people listening, and 
and we're grateful for all that support. So thank you. Can I stop downloading with the 15 devices that I had to purchase? (laughs) 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 That's not true. Yeah. Mm, I'd have to stop. Um. (laughs) (laughs) It's both of us. We're the ones keeping it going. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, thanks everybody. And we hope everyone has an awesome week. Make sure you uh, get out and ride. Yeah. Happy Father's Day. Until next time. Right on. Mm -hmm.